Yesterday, approximately 450 rail workers received their temporary layoff notices as an ongoing, you know, rail blockades and stoppages are affecting uh, their means of making money. And uh, this is having serious economic effects. Here to talk about it, Dennis Darby. He's the president of the Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Yes. Good. Good morning. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we, on behalf, yeah, we represent the manufacturers, big and small, right across the country. So this is a this is this is a big issue, and it's getting more uh, it's getting more uh, uh, bigger every day. We know that the rail stoppages are affecting farming, uh, oil, exporting, manufacturing. Is there any industry not feeling the effects of these rail stoppages? Well, I, I can I, I I don't know. I think I think at the end of the day, you know. People probably don't take for granted that our, that we use the rail system to move goods, materials, chemicals, food products, and from the and the manufacturing sector, about over a third of all manufactured goods goes by rail. Yes, you know you, you wouldn't know that if you're on the 401 and you're looking at all the cars, or and trucks. Pardon me, but at the end of the day, rail is an incredibly important part. Manufacturers fill about half the cars that are loaded every day. That's about four four to five thousand cars a day are normally filled. Uh, with manufactured goods, and that's everything from parts to to final product. And right now, that's that's being disrupted how, to the tune of how much per day? Well, the the best estimate we've been able to pull is probably about between you know around four hundred and fifty million dollars a day, because that would be about the size of the uh, of the value of of the system. Now it's not now it's not stopped everywhere. We're, you know, some parts of the country the trains are beginning to move, but part of it is this huge. You know, it's you know it it is really a, a you know a coast to coast because what happens are the you know we we load and unload on, on both coasts and we also unload and load in the states. What happens when you get a bottleneck is the whole thing backs up, and that's what's happened. Yeah, and I I understand that you were saying one of the misconceptions, the greatest misconceptions that the public has, is the fact that it's not so simple just to get things on trucks, and there's not enough warehouse space to house everything that's kind of left in limbo. Well, yeah, so the yeah, when you think about so it's obvious some of the big stuff. So we talked to steel manufacturers who need to get big plates of steel. Uh, food manufacturers who are bringing in raw materials, chemicals. For example, uh, propane is in short supply in the uh, in the east side of Canada because um, the largest supplier is in Sarnia. So the only way to, and and yes, you can take some by truck, but by volume you need to use trains. That's and that's the uh, that's the issue. So what's happened is. Um, and, and also, yes, you, you, you reflect correct, correctly, Kelly, when you look at our, our economy, because we're part of this North American integrated supply chain, I mean, you know, so few Canadian companies sell just to Canada. We, we're part of a North American infrastructure. And so what happens is nobody keeps large inventories of parts and materials or ingredients because we rely on what what's called just in time. But Realistically, that means you keep the minimum inter- inventory uh, that you can. And in this case, you know, th- nobody saw this coming. I think that uh, I had a, somebody asked me yesterday and said, well, you know, we've had rail strikes in the past and we didn't seem to have the same reaction. And I said, yes, because normally we get advance notice. But in this case, it was con- – and that's that's probably why this is – been more uh, impactful than 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 other stoppages over the years. All right, you said this issue is beyond serious. It's critical, and manufacturers don't have much time before the impact becomes dire. What does if we are beyond serious? We are now at critical, and if your four hundred and twenty-five million dollars worth of goods or four hundred and fifty million dollars worth of goods that are being held up every day uh, of this blockade continues, what does dire look like? 
Well, so I don't. Yes, well, so they, I think you saw the first. You saw the first indication of of that. You know, regrettably, with CN having to do temporary layoffs of the people that that normally would be the ones that you know moving and handling uh, the stuff. And, and we've heard from our uh, manufacturers that within this week, you, you know, regrettably, they'll start to announce layoffs. If you're in a, a business that requires parts or ingredients or chemicals that comes in come in from the states or from east west. Uh, you know, think about today. I mean, the companies in south southern Ontario that make um, uh, big pressure vessels and pipes that go out to uh, out to uh, the west to the oil and gas industry. You know, right now that that whole supply chain has been restricted. So I think what we're going to start seeing, we've we've told us to the government and we've asked them. That's why it's so critical. It, you know, conversation is great, but we need to get that conversation off of the railway tracks. You know, do it in a meeting room because uh, the, the economy, uh, you're, going to, you're going to begin to see uh, companies, you know, cutting shifts. And that, when it starts to affect, you know, everyday Canadians, you know, I think, uh, I think uh, it, it, you know, I think it's going to be even more. That's when we start getting to dire because no one expected this to have, you know, affect people's jobs. I don't do think. you think uh, the prime minister should have had the talks going on sooner than, uh, than now? I mean, you just started talking about it yesterday. I I I, heart, I I I uh, very seldom ever advise the prime minister, but on this particular case, I think you know the sooner they can, they, the sooner the better. And I know it took them a while. I think everybody hoped that it would resolve itself, and I don't mean that facetiously. You know, in the first few days, that you know this might be temporary because there, they ha- there had been some small successes in in Western Canada to to get some uh, some of the uh, some of the protesters to to stand down, uh, but. Uh, you know that 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 link in southern ontario i would remind everyone that 75% of our manufacturing output 75% of our industrial output is in ontario and quebec so if if there was uh, if there was a worse place to block the rail i i couldn't uh, i couldn't find it that would be the place somewhere in southern ontario and that's what's what's happened incredible so, yes, strategic yeah, move really on no, their no, on their part then yeah. well i don't know how but i i don't i think i'm not going to suggest it was strategic or not but i think at the end of the day the government i think yesterday he, the prime minister started to say that he was going to you know work you know towards those discussions we, he needs to do it quickly we we have you know at the end of the day these are if these are these are legitimate uh complaints between the government and uh and the indigenous peoples they need to resolve those because what business needs Kelly is predictability and right now we're not looking so hot relative to our peers internationally yeah what are you hearing about that from you know the members of uh your group because uh you know you're right It, it is important when people are looking to invest in a country they're looking for stability and if we have not got you know if we don't have this resolved and the land treaties resolved and our you know all these talks with our indigenous uh people uh on track then why would you risk coming here well, and we've seen industry, we've seen uh, uh, investment in technology and, and equipment and plants dropping over the last, you know, last uh, since 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 2008. We really had a lot of uh, you know, nothing, no real net growth, and, and that's partly because we've had a heck of a time in Canada, you know, building pipelines. I, you know, I don't want to go back and talk about TMX or can you know Energy East, but we've had a heck of a time building pipelines and getting approvals. And again, this is a project. I think the the at the heart of this is a. a a dispute over a project that's been through every level of scrutiny, review, consultation, legal challenge, and yet it seems like we're still having a hard time. So you're right. We need to have some predictability so that business can look at it and say, well, this is a great place to invest. If I, if I decide to invest in Canada, 
And it's not so necessarily just the, the you know in the supply chain that serves the you know the energy industry or serves the manufacturing industry. You know, comp- you know companies have a lot of choices where to invest the money. And right now, you know, we're, we're kind of we're, we're kind of shooting on our own net at this point right now. <laughs> Well, Dennis, I appreciate you shedding some light on how this is affecting your members, and I uh, I hope for the sake of you and your members and, and Canadians in general right. that the prime minister does something uh, to to get the blockades, you know, off the rail lines. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time today, Dennis Darby is the president of the Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. Uh, it's you know, there's just so many trickle-down effects. I was reading earlier on that farmers are really concerned about what's happening, too, because they are at a situation here uh, where they have deadlines on when they have to pay uh, folks for the, the chemicals that they've bought from them, and they can't ship their product. If they can't ship their product, they don't get paid for that product. They don't have money to pay for the chemicals. And, um, you know, one of the worries is, I guess, when this becomes real for people, it's beyond can I go um, take the train to, you know, Montreal from Toronto. It, th- yeah, that is a disruption. That's for sure. There's no two ways about it. But when it becomes real is when we stop seeing things on our shelves. And right now the retailers have been pretty good in urban centers and making sure that those um, shelves are stocked with goods. But I do hear one of the first uh, groups of people that will start feeling the effects at the grocery store will probably be people like my husband, the gluten-free people, because it will be harder to get um, those sourced because there's not a a wide range of products to choose from so who's uh, going to the grocery store to stock up on gluten-free pasta of this guy